0: The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Of Roundball Ramble. I'm your host, Corbin Forge. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. This is a sports ethos presentation, like I said, from the jump. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos, S P O R T S E T H O S, online sportsethos.com. Definitely make sure to do that. It's not just the home of fantasy basketball anymore. We also, of course, had your general NBA coverage, as well as football, and now we are even going into baseball as well. So, with all that being said, what are you waiting for? Make sure to jump on that train, and check out all that Sports Ethos has going on. Again, one more time on Twitter at Sports Ethos, online SportsEthos.com. Also, speaking of Ethos and all listeners, please. Take one to follow Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. The single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. Thank y'all. Today is Monday, Monday, February 28th, the last day of the month. Crazy. It always throws me off how The shortest month just flies by, but it did indeed. Uh, Tomorrow will be March 1st, and it's my birthday month, and just a lot of craziness. Um, Also, it's another sign the NBA season is rapidly approaching its endgame as we get to the playoffs, and so we have games that are important for teams to stack up and see where they go, and uh, we have teams that are jostling for position, whether that be for the possible 1-2 seed or trying to make the playing tournament, and we had a plethora of games last night that show the different areas that these teams may be in. So we're going to go into a few of these. We're going to start with Indiana. That's right, Indiana Pacers sitting at twenty and forty-one. Played the Boston Celtics and won. 128 to 107 behind a bounce performance, but led by Tyrese Halliburton's 22 points, 4 rebounds, and 9 assists. In addition to the um, 22 from Halliburton, you had other scores like O'Shea Brissett, who went 27 and 6. 27 points, 6 rebounds, 6 of 9 from 3. He had himself quite the game. Indiana Pacers fan account was definitely on board with Brissette. Really good game by him. You had 21 points from Buddy Heald as well. In addition, 20 points, 6 rebounds, and 5 assists from Malcolm Brogdon. So you had a well-balanced performance up and down the board, as well as two double-digit scores off the bench in Chris Duarte and Jalen Smith, which was just enough to offset the Celtics, who, Kind of seemed a little dysfunctional. In fact, there was a technical foul assessed to the Celtics because Coach M.A. Udoka and Marcus Smart wouldn't stop arguing coming up the timeout. Very interesting stuff there. Um, but in addition to Jalen Brown's twenty-three points, you had Jason Tatum with twenty-four points, five rebounds, and three assists. Although he did it on some pretty awful shooting, couldn't find the basket. Seven of twenty-two from the field, two of twelve from the free th- uh, from three. Thank goodness he went eight of eight from the free throw line. Aside from that, 13 for Marcus Smart, again, shooting 38% from the field and 20% from three, um, or actually 14% from three, rather, 20% for Derek White. The Celtics just couldn't make a shot. And we've seen their defense kind of come out to play. And if their offense comes out and matches that, then they're great. But if their offense doesn't come out, they have the making of a very volatile up-and-down team because they're mostly a jump-shooting team, you know? Uh, Look at these guys. I mean, Jason Tatum led the way in terms of free throw attempts at eight. After that, you had Grant Williams, who's not really a scorer. Kevin then half and four. He had four attempts. Jalen Brown got there four times as well. Only converted once from there. And that was it. A, a pair each from Marcus Smart and Derek White. And that's all, folks. So 17 and 20 from the free throw line is great. But you shoot 42% from the field and 27% from three compared to a relatively hot Pacers team. Yeah. No bueno. So, that was a game for sure, I'm, I'm positive Boston would like back. Speaking of a game a team would like back, the Pistons gave the Hornets one of those games as Kelly Olynyk came in on his golden horse <laughs> to make a tough fadeaway shot from the right side of the floor to lift the Pistons over the Hornets. 127, 126. An epic game winner from Kelly Alinek. But he was not the hero of this story by himself. You had five players in double digits for the Pistons, led by Sadiq Bass, 28 points along with eight rebounds. Jeremy Grant had 26 unofficial shooting. 11 19 from the floor, knocked down four threes as well. Cade Cunningham, solid across the board. 19 5 and 6. Yes, he had five turnovers. Yes, I'm overlooking. Kelly Linney, man, off the bench, 20 points, 7 of 13 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. What couldn't he do? No blocks, no turnovers. Like, he was all over. These are the guys... Who led the Pistons to their victory? For Charlotte, they've been floundering before the All-Star break. They continue to do so. Uh, Miles Bridge at 30, I mean, Miles Bridge at 29 points and 10 boards along with 5 assists on 64% shooting. Uh, only guy who did just as good as him, if not better, was Terry Rogier. 33 points, 5 rebounds on 12 of 21. 57% from the field. Guys who did not come out to play. LaMelo Ball, man. 17, 7 and 7 looks good until he was. Took him 24 shot attempts to get those 17 points. 3-8 from three, only got to the free throw line for a pair. Montres Harrell, not a whole lot in 23 minutes, just two points to go along with four rebounds. He did have four assists, so Montres was passing the rock. Kelly Linnick, I mean, Kelly, I mean, Kelly Oubre in his minutes, 15.3 rebounds, scoring, but other than that, kind of non, non-effective. non P.J. Washington played at <laughs> 10 points, and so did Mason Plumley five points, seven boards. But down the line... um, it just wasn't a great game for Charlotte. They've not been good in the clutch recently, and Olenek, meant he made them pay. They didn't deserve to walk away with this victory. Olenek just made sure that the Hornets didn't. The Mavericks pulled off an improbable, inspiring comeback over the Golden State Warriors. In a game that had one lead change, the Mavericks made sure they got the one that counted as they beat the Warriors 107-101 to after trailing by 19 in the fourth quarter. That's right. The Mavericks went on an unbelievable run, led by Luka Doncic, 34 points, 11 rebounds. He did have nine turnovers to two assists, which is super not great. But he keyed the Mavericks' attack, 10 of 21 from the field. He wasn't the only one, though. He was joined by what seemed to be a huge addition, at least last night, for the Mavericks, Spencer Dinwiddie, who scored 10 of his 24 in the fourth quarter, 10 of 14 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, You had uh, 14 points from Dorian Finney-Smith, one rebound shy of a double-double for him. You had 12 points and four boards for Reggie Bullock. These guys came together to make this thing happen. For the Warriors, listen, they were going okay for a bit. Steph Curry, even though he kind of struggled from the field, 27 points on 25 shooting possessions, still 44%, not super horrible, only 3 of 10 from 3. But he had 10 assists, and he was doing Steph Curry stuff. It wasn't just him. You had 18 points from Andrew Wiggins. Solid game from him. Uh, 13 points from Gary Payton, who, yes, while still not being able to hit a three, one of five from The Great Beyond, was very, very um, productive um, around the basket just playing a slashing type game. But honestly. Offensively, although the Warriors got a little bit here and there from some players, they didn't get that continuity across the board. You know, Jordan Poole, oh a seven from the field, 0 a four from great beyond. Moses Moody, who got the start, only two of six. Didn't expect a whole lot from him, just five points. You didn't get it in other areas as well. Kevon Looney gave you eight. Kaminga gave you nine. And Amani gave you five. Damian Lee gave you five. And Otto Porter gave you seven. So like. That's it. Only three double-digit scores. And really, if you look at Steph Curry and then Andrew Wiggins, those are the only two really close to 20 points, you know, for the contest. That's not going to do it for you. Um, and it didn't do it for the Warriors, who went into a, a gigantic drought while Dallas kept going and going and fired back. 33.4th quarter for the Mavericks to come and get this win. In the first of two matchups, they will play again on Thursday. This was... Uh, Two top five defenses, number one Golden State, and of number five Mavericks. And you could tell for a little bit. You could tell. I mean, this game, uh, middle of through the fourth, 93 90 was a tough game considering, you know, how easy to score, uh, you know, this day and age. You know. But yeah, this is, uh, unfortunately a troubling trend for Golden State. They've given away big leads in losing its last two games. They also, they had a 117, 116 loss to Denver, um, on the 16th for the all-star break, and that was a game that they had pretty well in hand before the nuggets stormed back and Monte Morris hit a big shot. So yeah, it it, it was uh it was a little bit different there. Um also the Mavericks did this while having a, a, a bunch of injuries. Uh Trey Burke had the sprained left shoulder, Marquis Chris had a sore right knee, and Frank Nilly had a sprained right ankle. But despite that, on the road, Dallas is okay. Especially against the West. Fourteen and nine. Next game for the Mavericks, they play the reeling Lakers. We're going to get to them in a second. Warriors will play Minnesota on Tuesday before these two teams match up again on Thursday. Speaking of the Lakers, I really, really don't want to get into this right now, but I, I feel I see no other way. I see another way to avoid it. I think it's gone long enough. The Lakers just got demolished. In a game that they kind of need to win, as every game is for Los Angeles, they got creamed. 123-95 to by the New Orleans Pelicans it wasn't even hard for them. Pelicans just rolled uh, one pretty much every quarter except the fourth quarter. They had a 44-point third quarter. The only uh, lead changes four and ties two happened way early in the game. Once the second quarter came, the Pelicans said, now nah, we got this. Smacked L.A. in the mouth, and L.A. did not recover. CJ McCollum led the way at 22 points. Jonas Valanciunas and Brandon Ingram scored 19 apiece. This twenty-eight point victory was the largest in franchise history for the Pelicans over the Lakers. That surpasses their twenty-two point victory in back in twenty eighteen when they won 139 to 117. This was crazy. For the Pelicans, it's a great start. They come out the All-Star Break, they get two wins against two quality opponents, or one quality opponent and the Lakers, if you so choose, um, considering that they also beat the Phoenix Suns uh over the weekend. Pelicans are six and four in their last ten games. Despite not having Zion all season, they're now 25-36 and 36, and they've moved into the 10th and final seed of the Western Conference and they could get the 9th. Because guess who's in 9th? That's right, the Lakers, baby. As a Lakers fan, this is great. Lakers are currently in the 9th season and find themselves only 2.5 games ahead of Portland, who has the same record as New Orleans, but is out of the playoff picture at the moment. Because, you know, tiebreakers are a thing. Lakers have dropped 2 straight and 5 of their last 6. They are now a season worth 6 games under 500. This is horrific. And speaking of horrific, the Lakers game last night was horrific. Los Angeles could not do anything from the field. They couldn't do anything if they got the ball across half court. They couldn't do anything trying to get the ball across half court. They had twenty three turnovers, which turned into twenty five Pelican points. Pelicans also blew the Lakers out on fast break points twenty six to twelve. Los Angeles from three, nah, it didn't work out for them. Seven to thirty four. From the grade beyond. It was rough. And you know. If you're looking at who stood out for the Lakers. I mean LeBron had decent looking numbers. 32 points. 13-23 from the field. 5-5 five, five from the free throw line. Not bad. Couldn't really shoot from three. of 1-4. But when you looked at his game. You could tell. The body language is all off. It is. He had moments where he's like. Alright LeBron. But you could tell that he's kind of checked out. And it kind of sucks to see. Six rebounds. Three assists. To an uncharacteristic seven turnovers for LeBron. And honestly. That's it guys. Guys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, Russell Westbrook sixteen point six rebounds on five of thirteen shooting. We've seen this song before. Carmelo Anthony thirteen points, four nine. Those, ladies and gentlemen, your only Lakers in double digits. Wayne Ellington got nine points all in the great garbage time. Yeah, not super great. Six points for Howard. Five points for Taylor Horn Tucker. Four points for Stanley Johnson. That's it. Three for Ken Bazemore. Two for DeAndre Jordan. Everyone who could suit up for the Lakers did suit up for at least a couple of minutes for the Lakers. Coach Vogel trying to find a spark that wasn't there. Austin Reeves. Yes, love myself some Austin Reeves. He was terrible last night. Two points, minus 20. And that's all he did. There's no other points on on blocks go for him. 1-5 from the field, over oh, 4 from three. Terrible. Malik Monk. Ofer. for 2 steals, 1 assist, 1 rebound O for everything at this point it, it just feels like it's curtains for the Lakers it feels like they've checked out which is so discouraging to see for a veteran leading team the only young guys you have to really look at on this Lakers squad is Austin Reeves who's first year Tainhorn Tucker, second, third year Stanley Johnson, 25 Malik Monk, 23 after that all these other guys are experienced vets experience in fact after those guys think every other player is in their 30s at least sad just sad to see the lack of, of of willpower. Russell Westbrook and Frank Vogel were trying to inspire the Lakers, but Russell Westbrook, when he's playing the way that he did last night, isn't exactly firing you up. Frank Vogel was saying to the Lakers, hey, imagine there's a 15-point deficit. Imagine if a coach is to tell you to imagine that there's only a 15-point deficit instead of a 25-point deficit to inspire you to pick up the pace and try to close this lead. Like, it's, these mind games shouldn't be having to be played on a team such as the Lakers who have, have players who have been to multiple, you know, finals clutch playoff games, all-star performances, different levels of the highest competition, having to psych themselves up for a late February game against the New Orleans Pelicans? Something about that just doesn't seem right. I don't think they deserve to make the playoffs. Yeah, I just said that. I don't. And the way they're playing, listen, they'll make sure to take care of that for me, because it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know. Nuggets blew past the Blazers, one twenty-four to ninety-two. Nikola Jokic eight points, eighteen boards, eleven assists. Didn't really have to do too much. Um, he was one of five players for the Nuggets double figures. You had nineteen points for Demarcus Cousins, who did an amazing stat line in just seventeen minutes of work. Nineteen points, six eight rebounds, six assists, seven to ten from the field, two of three from three. Beautiful job. Jermichael Green led the Mavericks with twenty points. 7-8 from the field, 10 boards as well. My fault, 6 negative and double figures because Bryn Forbes had 17 points, 5-6 from 3. 14 apiece for Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon. And honestly, I mean, the Blazers put out the tankiest lineup I've ever seen. Um, well, in recent memory. Anthony Simons, Keon Johnson, CJ Ellaby, Josh Hart, and Drew Eubanks. Eubanks played well, actually. 13 points and 10 boards on 6-9 from the field. Anthony Simons did not shoot very good from the field. 5-18, 16 points overall. Keon Johnson, nope, 4 points, 4 boards, 2-10. That's it. C.J. Ellaby and Josh Hart combined to shoot 0 for 8 from 3. 9 for 21 from the field. 19 points between the two of them to go along with. 11 rebounds, which is great, and 4 assists. They just didn't have it. They shot 37-10 from the field in an ice-cold, straight frigid, 16% from three. Good news. Uh, if you are a Nuggets fan, apparently Michael Porter Jr. is slated to return very soon. We're looking at sometime in March, and this is according to his agent. But as you know, the Nuggets head coach says, and I tend to agree with Mr. Mike Malone, until it comes from the Nuggets side, I'm not really talking about it too much. Once the Nuggets see it, then that's fine. But right now, there is significant optimism that Michael Porter could, Jr. could return in March. He has been cleared for on-court contact. And that could be big for the Nuggets. Because if he comes back in March and you're somehow able to get um Jamal Murray in April, you're looking at a, a Nuggets team that is right back in possible contention. In a West that, hey, if you bring in Murray and Porter and they're playing well, I think they could stand toe-to-toe with the Suns and the Warriors. I think they have the makings of that squad right there. I totally do. I don't think I'm alone in that in thinking that. So we'll see what happens there. Man, what a slate of games! <laughs> what a slate of games! Clippers held on to win over the Rockets, 99 to 98, behind Reggie Jackson's 26 points, six um, assists, and nine rebounds. Now, um, last a double double by Dennis Schroeder. who I'm still shocked is going to be in Houston, but. He is, and so far, so good. The Jazz beat the shorthanded Suns 118-114 uh, in a good match between Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. Booker got the box score uh, victory with 30 points, 7 boards, and 7 assists, but Mitchell took home the victory, 26 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists. The Suns had a chance to tie the game with just under 5 seconds left. Uh, Suns had the ball, but instead of, you know, for whatever reason, Monty Williams not calling a timeout, Jay Crowder decided to airmail a pass over the head of Booker into the stands, and that gave the ball back to the Jazz so they could hold on to the victory. 76ers beat the Knicks 125-109. to The Knicks are looking like the Lakers in the East. Just don't deserve to make the playoffs, and the way they're playing, they will not have to worry about that. Scary hours, of course, for James Harden, who had a triple-double, 29 points, 10 rebounds, and 16 assists, but it was also scary hours for Joel Embiid, 37 points, Nine rebounds, three assists. The two combined, I'll read this, get this. The two combined to shoot 33 for 37 from the free throw line. That is right. 27 free throw attempts for Joel Embiid, who also fouled out both New York Knicks centers. And 10 for 10 from James Harden. Tyrese Maxey also played well, 21 points. 8 of 14 from the field, seven boards and three assists. Tobias Harris had 12 points. That's really about it for them. That's all they needed. The next man... RJ Barrett played well, 24 points. Well, unfortunately, a 9-22 shooting. Julius Randle had 16 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, and 24 points for Evan Fournier, 6 three-pointers as well. But that was it. I- I'm just happy at this point that Coach Tibbs let Cam Reddish play. Let the kid play. 16 b- minutes, 6 points, 3 boards. Not a whole lot there going on. Sucks for the Knicks, man. Really had decent hopes for them to build off of what they had last year. Unfortunately, it feels like that might have been a false start. Anywho, games for today. All times Eastern at 7, we have the Timberwolves versus the Cavaliers. Right on that same time, the Pacers will be playing the Orlando Magic. Tankathon, baby. Raptors will be playing the Brooklyn Nets. That should be interesting. Bulls at 7.30 will be playing the Miami Heat. Definitely tuning into that. The Bulls have been 2-12 against teams that are over... 60% Sixty um uh sixty percent or six hundred in terms of winning. I did not say that right. If they won sixty percent of their games, chances are they beaten the Chicago Bulls. That's what I meant to say. And the Heat have definitely won that. There's a matchup between the number one and number two seeds. Heat vs Bulls, seven thirty. That's my game of the night. Eight o'clock. Grizzlies and Spurs. Interesting game for the two. Love to see the matchup between Jonathan Murray and John Morant. That was a very close second to a game of the night, but definitely league pass game. Absolutely on NBA TV, which should be a fun little romp if nothing else. The Charlotte Hornets will play the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll see how that breaks down. Lamelo, Giannis, you know how this goes. And then eight o'clock to close it out. League pass as well. Another tankathon game. Sacramento Kings versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. Birthdays, we are wishing birthdays too. 14-year pro and four-time All-Defensive team Tayshaun Prince. He is now 42. had career averages 11 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists per game. Also, Josh McRoberts. Remember 11-year pro Josh McRoberts? (laughs) Played with the Hornets, with the Pacers, with the Heat. I had a time with the Lakers, known for some surprising dunks, some really good passing, unfortunately some injuries uh that kind of, he played, I would say, a decent amount, but the injuries kind of, I think, ended his career a little bit sooner than one would have thought, Um, just considering I thought that he had a couple more years as this, like, offensive kind of connector type player. And, unfortunately, uh it didn't feel like he had his best years with contending teams uh, bringing that skill to the forefront. Also, the legend Adrian Dantley, six-time All-Star, two-time scoring champ, 1977 Rookie of the Year, two-time All-NBA, and Hall of Famer is 67. Adrian Dantley, known as A.D., also Teach and the Teacher, played the small forward known for his unorthodox low post game. Not really a jump shooter at all, but he can get you down that man chamber and go to town. How you want it, he will give it to you, and that's what he did. Okay, 24 points Five rebounds and three assists over the course of his career with the Utah Jazz, the Detroit Pistons, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, Buffalo Braves, Los Angeles Clippers, Dallas Mavericks, which he closed out his career, Milwaukee Bucks, um, which was his final year, uh, and then the Indiana Pacers as well. In 1992, he actually played in Italy to close out his NBA career, but for most of those seasons, the only season which he did not score double figures comfortably was his final season in Milwaukee, which he only played 10 games. The dude gets the free throw line. Known for massaging the ball before his free throws. Check out Adrian Dantley. You really want to watch Adrian Dantley go to work? Look at the 1988 NBA Finals. I would say one through five. One through five of the 1988 NBA Finals from the Los Angeles Lakers and the Detroit Pistons. And just see how Adrian Dantley went to work down there. He did the dang thing, y'all. He did the dang thing. Active players who had birthdays. Alex Caruso is now 28. That's right. 2020 NBA champ Alex Caruso is ringing in 28 this year. And, of course, the big one, Luka Doncic. That's right. Luka Doncic's birthday is today. Glad he could do it with the win last night. He's now 23. Just 23 for the three-time All-Star. Think about that. Long way to go for him. All-rookie. All-NBA. Just 23 years of age. Averaging 27 points. Nine rebounds and 8.9 assists this season. Like, the dude is a Luca legend. Literally living legend right now. And only 23. The sky is the limit for this guy. All right, y'all. Well, I do want to close out by saying we are going to be unveiling a new segment for Realm Ramble where I pick a team of the day. And it's really not a team of the day. It's team of the week. I pick a team of the day on Monday. We give a week to watch the games. And then we recap and look next week. And so this week, already drew the wheel, this week the team of the week is the New Orleans Pelicans that's right New Orleans Pelicans right now are in the 10th spot trying to get in that play in season McClellan has been electric for them had a great win of course over the Suns and the Lakers and now we will see how they do for the rest of this week I'll be watching the games in depth, taking notes and then next Monday we will break down how they've been, they will be the team of the week for this last day of February and the first week of March so definitely make sure to tune in for that next Monday, but you'll be hearing Ramble Ramble every day, so definitely make sure to tune in for that tomorrow. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NBA Sports Ethos Presentation, so Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos, online, SportsEthos.com. Definitely make sure to tune into that, y'all. We appreciate it. I appreciate it specifically. Also, if you could rate, review, subscribe to this show, let me know what I'm doing well. Let me know how I can do it better. That would mean the world to me just so I can improve my quality of work. I believe in that. Unlike the Lakers, I want to get better each and every day and not just say that. (laughs) So, please help me to make that happen. Aside from that, y'all, I am Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty and I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Bye, y'all. This has been a Sports Ethos Presentation.